Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 104 of the war in Israel. I'm joined by James Valiant. James, how's it going? Pretty well. I'm okay. How about you, Razi? Good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm here and uh, not in um, Tel Aviv at the moment, specifically in, uh, where is it? Uh, King George and uh, Ben Sion uh, um, intersection because... Right now, as we speak, there is a protest there. Um, the protest is a uh, what I would call a pro-Palestinian protest, and, and that might be uh, putting it mildly as well, or anti-Israel. Uh, officially, it's a pro-peace protest. Uh, some of the organizations involved, Israelis will be more familiar with, with them than, uh, than non-Israelis, and, and maybe not. Maybe even Israelis won't be familiar with all of them, but some of them are stand together. Um, women make peace. Uh, oh, sorry, women wage peace. Um, uh, Shalom Achshav, which is I think translated to peace now, but I like to translate translated to peace in our time. I think it's a more appropriate um, translation. And yeah, they're they're uh, um, protesting there. You know, demanding a return of. Uh, a return of the hostages through a through a deal uh, demanding a ceasefire and um, yeah this is uh, you know the, may the I question ask, yeah may I ask I understand that there was another protest four days ago for example um, uh, and can I understand can I ask what they they're doing that is to say are they blocking traffic are they crowding are they stopping a normal flow of business what kind of protest are we talking about. So um, that's a good question. I think this one is in a uh, area where they're not blocking traffic, as far as I know. But I can I can look up any news stories that we have uh, that we can we can look at right now. One of the um, remarkable things is that I, when I pr was preparing for this episode, I was trying to look at the international press on protests going on in Israel, because of course everyone knows about the protests going on worldwide. The media, the Google is filled with all of those news references, but it's hard to find Western. Uh, non-Israeli coverage of protests going on in Israel, which I find to be a remarkable fact in itself. I had to go to, uh, you know, Jerusalem Times and Haaretz to even find mentions of the protest four days ago. Um, an astonishing thing, um, because what it, I think that the West isn't happy in showing that there is free speech in Israel, that there are civil rights in Israel, um, that Israel is the only place where you might do this. Such a thing is inconceivable in, say, uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran, uh, on the Gaza Strip when Hamas controlled it. Such a thing would be absolutely inconceivable. And showing that Israel has a respect for freedom of speech, to, to whatever degree, I think goes against the narrative that, and against, of course, the reality that Israel is actually the only morally legitimate state in the region, a point that we and your own Brooke have been making, I think, very strongly here. Um, now, as objectivists, of course, we are strong believers in free speech, and w it would be in insane to uh, curtail freedoms curtail the liberties that we stand for in order to fight the enemy that would be destroying ourselves and the very reason why we fight fight the enemy and so and here at RQK for example we've criticized the Israeli government we've criticized the American government we've criticized the British government uh and uh there even during times of war um there is such a thing as freedom of speech however i think there are things that the government has every right to be alerted to as objectivists, we know freedom of speech does not mean the right ever, ever 
to violate anyone's rights. I don't care what your issue is. I don't care if it's a time of peace. I don't care if you're talking about, uh, you know, when abortion should be made illegal or when that what the tax level should be. You have no right, whatever your issue is, whatever your cause is, to violate the rights of other people, to block traffic, to block business, to interfere with their rights. So, it, and it's this is especially urgent during times of war. I mean. Israel right now is marshalling all of their resources to fight an enemy, to, to have bi normal business blocked, to have traffic blocked, to have ordinary people uh, uh, being interfered with in their rights. Also, being in time of war, uh, look, I, as objectivists, again, we don't really believe that government should be controlling a lot of property. Uh, yeah, property rights are an individual private thing. Uh, but for whatever, whatever the state of your government uh, land is, if it's government land, and it's protesting against government policy during time of war. I do not respect any kind of right in that respect. Um, no. More than that, the government has a right during time of war to check these people out. There are certain things you absolutely cannot do during time of war. For example, recruit for the enemy, raise money for the enemy, try and get material resources for the enemy. So does the government have a right to check out who's protesting? and to monitor their activities, and to make sure they're not giving aid, comfort, and any kind of material assistance, even recruiting for the other side? Yes, they do. All of those things can be crimes during time of war. Without um, touching, it seems to me, freedom of speech and the freedom to criticize a government during time of war, which I do think is important. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, for the super chat. So, uh, yeah, from the pictures I see, they're... they're not blocking uh, any streets there. It's in a town square. Now, these are pictures from before the protest. So I don't know if, um, you know, if, if so many people showed up that they are blocking the streets, but let's assume they're not for the sake of uh, what I wanted to ask you about. So mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, Alon Lee Green, who uh, some people may be familiar with. He early on in this conflict wrote for The Guardian, something that was very anti-Israel. Uh, and that's generally where uh, where he stands he's uh, he's from uh, standing together the uh, the organization uh, so here's what he he said in a tweet an hour ago uh, he says where the protest is taking place and he says join us uh, to demand a ceasefire agreement that will return the hostages and stop the killing um, come join the uh, life camp uh, yeah so so the protest is for ceasefire. It's for a, um, you know, an agreement to bring back the hostages. But it, it, that's a, they're they're saying ceasefire. They're not saying one of those like we had before. You know, a temporary ceasefire so that uh, uh, you know it's part of the agreement. That's what you give Hamas, but you do continue at least with a stated goal of destroying Hamas, uh, a stated goal of war. They don't want that. They want uh, an end to the war. It's so, so James, you know, I'm not a legal expert. You are, but not not on not, not on Israeli law. So my first no. question is, would this, uh, you know, in, in let's uh, imagine this was in the U.S. Would this fall under treason? Is this aiding and abetting the enemy? Um, not necessarily. No, merely uh, objecting to what the government is doing, criticizing verbally what the government is doing, I think is a right and must be protected. Let me give you an example of what I mean, though, about limitations during war. 
um, when finally the Brits and the Americans started uh, firing back at the Houthis and doing some weak, it's weak and pathetic and not enough, and they're not getting the message. But nonetheless, uh, uh, Brits and, and Americans started doing some active engagement and fighting back on the Houthis. And guess what that stimulated in Washington, D.C.? A huge protest over the weekend. They put up barriers around the White House. The pro-Palestinian protesters were breaking through those gates. They had to evacuate the president and the press, mind you, from White House grounds for their safety. None of those people were arrested. All of them should have been arrested. All of them. Your freedom of speech just means you have a freedom of speech to run a podcast, to publish a newspaper, to do something on your property or the property of someone that agrees with you. It does not mean that, oh, and by the way, there was another kind of uh, protest that was planned. Uh, U.S. federal government officials, including White House staff, were planning a walkout to demand a ceasefire on the issue. And these are federal U.S. government employees. Now, if they're walking off the job to do that, they can all be fired instantly, immediately. They are obviously working against America's stated policy. They're obviously for the enemy. They're obviously insubordinate as government employees. Uh, I don't know if it's treason. In American law, there's one crime that's defined in the U.S. Constitution, only one, and that's treason. And treason can only be because we are so concerned about freedom of speech and freedom of expression, treason can cannot merely be verbal. It must be actively taking up arms against the government of the United States or giving material aid or comfort to that. That and that alone counts as treason under American law. And the Constitution is clear to say that's the only thing you can do. It. You can't put someone away because they disagree about the government's policy, whether it's pro-peace or like us, not enough, but <laughs> a sufficient reaction. Whatever your criticism of the government, the criticism is protected. The verbal criticism is protected. Run an op-ed, make a speech, but it's on your megaphone, your platform, your podcast. You don't have a right to interfere with other people. But if you're working for the government, if you're interfering with uh, government's activity, if you, like I say, even if you're just simply recruiting for the enemy, those are all things the government can make criminal during times of war, and that doesn't have any implications on freedom of speech, as far as wait, I'm concerned. Wait, so if I'm if I'm marching through D.C. and you know uh, showing my support for the Houthis and and uh, saying you know I hope they kill American soldiers, and uh, <clears throat> so that that is uh, that is still during a time of war. Let's say a war had been because no war has been declared here. Oh. No. Let's say a the Brits are firing weapons. We don't call it war, but you know. <laughs> so, let's say you know there is such a thing as a formal <clears throat> formal declaration of war. Let's say that had been done. Uh, so then, marching through the streets and saying, you know, I hope, I hope the Houthis win. I hope they kill as many American soldiers as they can, and uh, so on. Is that still uh, under free speech during a time of war? War or peace, you can't block the streets. Full stop. War or no, not, peace. Not blocking the streets. This is done, Let's this assume is... that you were doing it on your own private property and your own. Yeah. Uh, you, you somehow got the permit to use a park that day. Something like that. Yes. Objecting and saying the, the Houthis are wonderful and the Houthis should win. I would allow uh, under freedom of speech so long as it wasn't interfering with anyone else's rights. I would have undercover government agents there taking pictures 
finding out who was doing it so that we could make sure that these people who are obviously on the enemy's side are not doing anything else, like giving material support, like recruiting for the enemy, like, see, if they're in contact with the enemy, that would be a problem. If they're recruiting for the enemy, that would be a problem. If they're uh, raising funds for the enemy. During the, the Vietnam War, for example, and here I would ask people to read some articles by Ayn Rand, The Wreckage of the Consensus, which you can find in Capitalism, The Own Ideal, where Ayn Rand talks about the student protesters in America during the 1960s, what they have do have a right and don't have a right to do. Um, and that is, gives, gives some wonderful, wonderful guidance on what free speech is uh, and uh, where it's important. Ayn Rand also did not think that it was uh, the government needed to lie in most cases. She did ex believe that if there was a government operation going on and we had to keep a secret, yes, a temporary secret or a even a temporary misleading of people, it would be appropriate if you're engaged in war. Otherwise, she believed the government has no business lying to people and people should be free to say whatever they say, but not interfere with other people's rights. That is absolutely critical. Now, if you're raising money for the Viet, the Viet Cong during the Vietnam War, if you're like uh, Jane Fonda going over there and to having pictures taken on top of Viet Cong uh, uh, tanks, that can be criminal in my view. That is giving material aid and support to your enemy in a time of war, even a war I disagreed with, one that Ayn Rand disagreed with fully and completely. She didn't believe in the draft. She didn't believe in the war. She thought that people who, uh, and she objected to it. She would just, She had free speech rights. She had a right to, 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 in her magazine, complain about it, or in her column and whatever a publication would allow her to do it, or at the Fort Hall Forum. She has freedom of speech to say, I don't like the Vietnam War. I don't like the draft. Let's get out of it. Even during time of war, that's free speech. Uh, absolutely. And we uh, cannot turn ourselves into an authoritarian dictatorship because we're fighting an authoritarian dictatorship. That would be wrong. Um, now, the link to that article, The Wreckage of the Consensus, is in uh, in the chat. There is a You can read the whole article. Um, Christian mentioned that peace in our time sounds like Neville Chamberlain. Yeah, that, that was mm. my point. Shalom Akshav literally translates to peace now. I think a more appropriate translation is peace in our time because they are very much following... The, the policies of Neville Chamberlain, although I don't, I, I've said in the past, I don't think it's fair because he eventually did go to war, whereas they, there is nothing, apparently, after October 7th, we can say this with certainty, there is nothing that the Palestinians can do that these people will not say Israel must stop shooting, even if exactly it's shooting right. back, even if it's shooting to defend, to defend its citizens in the clearest of, of, uh, of ways, they will always, always, that's, again, maybe not in an illegal way, but they will always side with the enemy no matter what. Um, I wanted to ask you, we've spoken about B'Tselem, one of these organizations. They're, they're a so-called human rights organization, so they're not involved, I think, officially in the in the protest, although I'm certain their people are there. Um, they We've spoken about this campaign of theirs that where they gave cameras to Palestinians in the West Bank to film the attacks on them and, and how... Um, you know, how how difficult it is for any thinking person to trust that kind of uh, of data. You know, yeah, you, you give you give cameras to people again. If, if I'm sure there are bad people among the settlers, there are also many of them are messianic Jews who think this is, you know, God sent them there. They're not necessarily um, good people, although I support their right to be there. 
But if you look overall at, at uh, Judea and Samaria at the West Bank, the bad guys are the Palestinians. That is, you know, it's it's, it's still clear cut uh, who the bad guys are. And yet, B'Tselem gives them cameras. You know, uh, to, to what extent are, are, are such actions, you know, actively engaging in creating propaganda for uh, the anti-Israel side, again, during a time of war, would that be considered in any way? Yes. Crazy? Any material support for the enemy themselves. And of course, the Palestinian Authority is an enemy here. Und again, it's one of these weird kind of, you know, when the West pretends that the enemy isn't the enemy. But it's one of these kind of situations where we regard Abbas and the Ma Palestinian Authority as the moderates here. But no, they are. They came out happily in support of October 7th. They are part of the enemy and they themselves are getting material. They, in fact... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, but the cameras are given to... to uh, that's the part that's the key. You cannot give material support, even if I was giving... Let me give you the perfect analogy here. Let's say that Eastman Kodak, an American uh, photography company, was providing cameras to Lenny Riefenstahl and the Nazi war machine during World War II. Yeah, we can stop that. You cannot give any material support, even if it's cameras, even if it's microphones. But that's free protecting their free speech uh-uh even though it's given to civilians it's, this is not a gift to the palestinian authority this is given to civilians who uh say they're being attacked and uh and yeah that's that's uh that campaign By the way, the palestinian authority gets support from israel unfortunately so <laughs> and the united states remarkably but <laughs> it's amazing how the good guys are supporting feeding literally feeding their enemies but uh you know that's another thing altogether if it is purely civilians that they're giving cameras to, and those civilians really are neutral, but see, then I have to ask myself, what is neutrality when you're out there on scene trying to collect propaganda for the Palestinian Authority? Uh, that's going to be a difficult judgment call. And uh, I really think that anyone supplying material support to the Palestinian Authority, uh, yeah, they can, the Israeli government can control that. They can prevent that. That's not a violation of anybody's freedom of speech. Uh, any material support, even material support to help the enemy get out their word, that's not a violation of freedom of speech. It's not. See, freedom of speech is often confused with you have to give material aid and comfort and support and the, the place, the streets or whatever to do your protest on. No, no. They have to get their own megaphone. They have to do it on their own property. They can't interfere with anybody's rights. That's an absolute. Um, and but uh, and uh, you're going to have freedom of speech at all. And even secondly, and perhaps most importantly, any material aid. You don't have to give the your and free speech doesn't mean that any social media company has to allow anything on or let ideas through that they don't. That's not censorship. That is not censorship. So we have only objectivists really understand this distinction, but free speech doesn't mean you have to provide them with the with the ability to speak. Uh, uh. That is, in fact, material support if it's going to your enemy, even people who are just giving aid and comfort to your enemy during time of war. And so, no, yeah, we can prevent megaphones, radio mics, and uh, uh, photographic equipment from going to the uh, Nazi propaganda machine. So similarly, Israel has every right to prevent any material support to support the Palestinian propaganda machine. Yeah, we were talking yesterday about this, uh, about Owen Jones complaining that he's been shadow bound, banned by uh, by Facebook for uh, you know supporting the Palestinians and, uh, and a Human Rights Watch report 
This is what Human Rights Watch spends their time on, a report of how Meta is, is systematically uh, uh, shadow oh banning. Goodness, and and I, I mentioned that the Ayn Rand Center UK had an image quote, uh, of, of a Rand quote, uh, removed as well in our account restricted over something like that. Again, that is that is Meta's uh, choice of policy. But the reason Human Rights Watch sees it as systematically uh, uh, you know, silencing or censoring, as they called it, censoring pro-Palestinian voices is because they don't care about, you know, they, they don't know if, if anybody is, uh, is saying anything pro-Israel because, uh, yeah, the, their people are on clearly on one side. Um, thank it's you, Gail. It's hilarious that, that we've got people on the left now complaining about uh, social media. Oh, yeah, they're, they're sounding <laughs> like they're right all before. Guess what? Social media can have its own editorial policy, period. Yeah. It ain't censorship, folks. Nothing yeah. like censorship. Uh, uh, no. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, giving material aid to the Ayn Rand Center UK, I'm sure would be a crime in uh, in some parts of the world. Uh, but you should be should be proud a, to be a criminal in those parts. A of great the world. virtue in the rational free world. <laughs> and thank you, Christian, for the super chat. Christian says, so the aid trucks are treason forced on Israel by the U.S., I don't like this forced on Israel by the U.S. Israel should stand up for itself, even, yeah. even as, as important as the U.S. is as an ally. Uh, Israel should say should be clear because they know they know what is going on with this. So they can they can be clear about we're not going to fuel the enemy while they are killing us. That makes no sense. Why are you even supporting us if you want us to do that? Uh, so, yeah. This is so the where... very thing that I the, the the ironic point I would make here is the very thing that I think should be uh, something that the government can restrict and make illegal during time of war. The government is doing providing material assistance to the bad guys, providing material aid to Hamas, in effect. So the governments are the ones doing or allowing the very thing I think uh, should be a. Uh, uh, criminal during time of war, giving material aid and comfort to the people you're fighting. Huh. Yeah, you know, I, I don't remember if we spoke about this on the Oslo episode or if I spoke about it in the uh, Hebrew interview I did about uh, the Oslo Accords. But yeah, there, there's uh, there's still the, the question in my mind about whether those negotiations were uh, would count as, as treason. You know, we've spoken on this channel about how uh, people give super chats while they're on the air we have now i think the, for the first time have a super chat from the producer who's not on the air but he is behind the scenes daniel says uh, owen jones mentioned tip jar in uh, as a super chat uh, that's a tip jar i uh, can get behind i do that for free but i will do that more happily uh not for free and you know, I was on X earlier today and I saw Owen Jones complaining that uh, somehow folks like us are getting silent and disappearing. And that somehow the complaints are going away about, uh, 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 you know, the people supporting uh, Palestinians. They do not go away here, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ayn Rand Center UK. We're going to continue this. We're not going to change our policy. We're not going to change our position on this. And uh, if, if Mr. Jones is looking for people who are not silenced or intimidated in any way by the anti-Semitic, anti-Israeli crap that's being put, put out there, I would urge him to, to check us out. Uh, we're not going anywhere and we're not going to change our principles. And if you think that's an important message to get out in the face of what Owen Jones is describing, then do please become a paid subscriber to the Ayn Rand Center UK. Yeah, and there is a link for that uh, in the, the chat. You can also become a YouTube member. We're adding more content 
uh, to YouTube, there's content that you could already see, like James every Sunday discussing uh, Leonard Peikoff's course, The History of Philosophy. We're now adding the reality show extra on Sundays for now, maybe uh, maybe more frequently in the future. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot there. You know, this episode is is uh, an interesting one for me because I, you know, I, I chose the title with the question mark and and we sometimes have titles with question marks. Where we know the answer, like when uh, Claudine Gay was uh, was resigned, we we had a title something like "Is uh, what is it? Is is uh, plagiarism a Zionist conspiracy?" We know the answer to that. Here, I wasn't sure. I I'm also you know there is the the emotional side, which is I fucking hate these people. So yeah, I see, we'll see I see them protest, and I, I you know, but but yeah, we don't want to live in a kind of regime where the people we hate. Uh, you know, we hate them, so so the law comes after them. The reason why Israel is morally superior, the only morally legitimate, truly, nation in the region is because it respects individual rights, because it acknowledges things like freedom of speech, and to a degree not known in the area, it has freedom of speech. Uh, you couldn't imagine these kind of protests going on, anti, you know, pro-Israel protests going on in Tehran. Imagine that. Imagine that for just five seconds, or among the hugely controlled part of Yemen. Imagine that. Inconceivable, right? So, on, But on the other hand, uh, and I do hate them, and Ayn Rand, in her essay, Censorship Local and Express, she says it's that those, she did not find the explicit uh, projection of sex uh, to be tasteful at all. And but nonetheless, she protected, she defended the right of uh, uh, pornographers under freedom of speech. And she said, it's exactly those areas where we ourselves have a problem with the speech. We don't like it, that we should be the defenders of it. And I agree with that here. On the other hand, during time of war, anything, anything that can be construed as material aid or support uh, for the enemy can be regulated by law. And that has nothing to do with censorship, ladies and gentlemen, nothing to do with it. And if it's a government employee, fire their ass. They're, they are insubordinate. They're disloyal. If they're walking off the job to protest, like in D.C., it, you'll notice none of those uh, pro-Palestinian protesters about the uh, Houthi attack, uh, attack back on the Houthis were arrested, even though they were breaking down the fences to get into the uh, White House. No, none of that is free speech, ladies and gentlemen. Speech is speech. Action is action. Read Ayn Rand's uh, essays on this. Yeah, and as Daniel says in the uh, Daniel says in the Zoom chat, we'll talk about pro-Israel protests in Gaza tomorrow. Uh, Daniel, that that is worth all the times you sent me jokes on Zoom during shows, and I'm uh, you know laughing at the most inappropriate time when somebody is talking about something you shouldn't laugh about. So uh, good one. Not actually what we're going to talk. We're going to talk about actually tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's episode is uh, titled Can the Palestinians ever become civilized or something to that effect. So uh, that's that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a good one. Uh there, unlike today, I I know the answer. Uh today I wasn't I wasn't I really wasn't sure. I'm still not hundred percent sure where the line is, but we'll continue to unfortunately here's here's my hope for these protesters um that they will keep having reason to protest uh until uh, the 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 people oh, that we yeah. support are truly defeated. But if and, we want to be able to criticize the Israeli or American governments, or the British governments, when they do bad things, then we have to protect the right of everyone to criticize the government, even during times of war. And uh, that's the thing. We are an we are advocates of freedom, 
But freedom does not include the right to coerce anybody else. That's the bottom line. That's the principle here, ladies and gentlemen. So any kind of material support for the enemy at time of war, that's not a restriction on censorship. That's not a censorship. That's not a restriction of free speech. Bear all those distinctions in mind, at least in principle. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, Christian mentioned humanitarian aid uh, on the reality show, which starts in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about the one type of humanitarian aid that nobody actually wants uh, uh, nobody cares about whether or not it's sent into Gaza uh, and that's the one type that should be sent um, yeah I'm going to leave that there so uh, people that's a great tantalizing uh, promo there and, uh, yeah you only have to wait a couple of minutes we are uh, uh, live right after this show thank you James for joining me thanks everybody for watching we will be back here tomorrow as mentioned uh, and yeah stay tuned for the reality show be safe.